Many people are using the FaithFi app to help provide the wisdom, community, and money management to stay on track, financially speaking. To date, over 37,000 members are using its digital envelope system, participating in our community forums, and engaging in virtual workshops. And one of the most convenient features is the ability to keep all your accounts in one place for an easy-at-a-glance view. You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to faithfy.com and click App to get started. Everyone to whom much was given, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Hi, I'm Rob West. Luke 12, 48 is a powerful verse about stewardship. We should set goals for using the resources God entrusts to us. Today, I'll talk with Ron Blue about how those goals may change later in life. Then it's on to your questions at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, Ron Blue is the founding director of Kingdom Advisors, the author of many books on biblical finance and a personal friend and mentor. So it's always a blessing to have him on the program. Ron, welcome back. Uh, What a delight to join you again, Rob. Thank you. Absolutely. And Ron, they say that if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So I guess setting goals for our finances and using money wisely is very important. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I think there's really three things to remember, Rob. Goals give you direction. You can change goals as time goes on. I tell people to write your goals on the sand, on the seashore, and when the wave comes and washes it away, you reset it. Yes. So it's not something that's a once and for all. And I think uh, as you set goals, you develop convictions about what you believe God would have you to do. So it's a yeah. process, not an event. Mm, that's really helpful. Perhaps that even can help us to set some goals, because maybe if we see them as permanent, we'll resist doing it because we're afraid we'll get them wrong. But if we know they'll change over time, that may give us the encouragement to go ahead and get that goal setting done. All right, Ron, uh, younger folks may have certain goals, like, of course, saving to buy a house or maybe to put the kids through college. But you tell us that later in life, those goals will, of course, change. Tell us about that. Well, as your life changes, and, you know, I've lived for a long time, Rob. I'll be 81 in a month, and I've seen that my goals have changed multiple times, and they're far different today than what they were 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And I think one broad change is that you switch from accumulation to distribution as your Mm -hmm. goals. And as you see your adult children grow and parent, uh, you see different needs that they may have, and that'll affect your goals. And um, I think goals, uh, when they're met, it frees you up to give. Uh, And your lifestyle changes uh, as you get older also. So that's why I say you write them in sand, because they change over time. But that's okay. That's the way life is. That's right. Well, to switch from accumulation to distribution requires that we know when we have enough. So how do we set that financial finish line? Well, if if you have goals, uh, you know, it's it's easier to see younger, uh, fund college education, buy a home, buy a car, whatever it may be. Uh, but I think uh, 
later on, as you age, you can set distribution goals and ask the Lord, Lord, do I have enough and how much is enough? Yeah. Uh, and then you, you're freed up to give when you know that you have enough. And yes. most people never really answer the question, how much is enough? So it frees you up to give. And that's the biggest thing about setting goals as you get older. Oh, that's so important. Ron, you also mentioned that distribution includes not only giving to ministry or charity, but also to our kids. How do we know the appropriate amount to leave for an inheritance? (laughs) You pray a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you ask yourself a couple of questions, Rob. One question is, what's the worst thing that could happen if I give X amount to X child? Mm, yeah. And then kind of what is the likelihood of that and what is the consequence of that? And as you talk that through, you begin to think about uh, how you're going to handle each child. And you know that I've said forever that if you love your children equally, you'll treat them uniquely, just the way yes. God treats us oh, uh, uniquely. So. Yes. Uh, so it, it took Judy and I, the first time we went through this, at least two years to answer those questions about what's the worst thing and what's the consequence and how likely is it to occur. And it was different for all five of our children. And, yes. uh, so, uh, that, that's the advice that I would give, give yourself time. And if you ask the right question, you'll get the right answer. Mm. Well, you're never going to be able to handle God's money as wisely as you possibly can without a plan and without some goals. And, Ron, you've helped us to think about both of those today. Thanks for stopping by, my friend. Thank you, Rob. Enjoyed it again as usual. All right. Ron Blue, financial author and teacher and regular contributor here on the program. Stay tuned. Much more to come just around the corner. We'll be right back. At Faith and Finance, we're on a mission to educate, equip, and connect you and many others with the powerful financial answers found in God's Word. We're working to meet people right where they are through national radio programs, our app, website, and other resources. If you've benefited from this program, would you consider becoming a monthly Faith and Finance patron? Check out all of the benefits of a Faith and Finance patron's membership at faithfi.com and click Give on the homepage. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. soundmindinvesting.org. Great to have you with us on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. That's right, a new name here in our new year, celebrating the opportunity to reposition this broadcast each day around what's really important, and that is that our faith comes first, and that informs the financial decisions and choices that we make as stewards of God's resources, so we can be faithful managers and generous sowers into God's kingdom and uh, take what God has entrusted to us and live within His provision with 
contentment and joy and freedom. That's our ultimate objective. Hey, what's on your mind today? We'd love to hear from you at 800-525-7000. Whatever is wrestling in your mind, financially speaking, let's talk about it. We've got two lines open, 800-525-7000. We've got some great calls lined up, and we look forward to hearing from you. Before we head to the phones, let me remind you here at the start of the new year, it's a great time for you to set up your spending plan. Maybe it's something you've always thought about or you've started and maybe it didn't work out for you. Well, in the brand new FaithFi app, that's FaithFi, you can choose from one of three styles of money management, all of them using our beautiful, simple interface that connects securely to all of your banking institutions so you can automatically download your transactions. But you can have a more hands-on approach with the digital envelope system or a more directional approach with track only. Whatever approach you choose based on your money personality, you'll be able to have the information you need throughout the month. And if you're married, you and your spouse together so that you can make course corrections and stay on budget so that your money ends up where you want it to go so you can accomplish your God-given goals and objectives. To learn more about the FaithFi app, head to our brand new website, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com or search for FaithFi in your app store. All right, let's go to the phones. We're going to begin in Phoenix. Hi, Daniel. You'll be our first caller. Go ahead, sir. My question is about tax withholding from each paycheck. So I believe I'm paying the highest percentage of tax withholding from my paycheck. But my question is, what is the percentage that I can lower that to without having to pay too much at the end of the year and being able to have a healthy paycheck? To have the medium, so to speak. Yeah, exactly right. And that should be the objective. And it's really about the number of withholdings you uh, put on the W-4 form. And these are not dependents. These are withholdings. And there is a process to calculate the number of withholdings you claim. And that's between you and the IRS. It has nothing to do with anyone else. And you can choose whatever withholding level you want. And based on that, it would determine how much is withheld from every paycheck. And you can change that at any time. Uh, you're correct in that you don't want to have a lot more than necessary taken out because you're giving an interest-free loan to Uncle Sam. On the other hand, if you don't have enough taken out, you could end up with a penalty. So uh, fortunately, there's a number of online tools, uh, Daniel, to help you determine the right amount for the withholding. Uh, TurboTax has one, H&R Block, eFile, and even the IRS at irs.gov. I would just Google withholding calculators. Any of them will tether, tell you whether you need to make changes to the number of withholdings you are asking for. Here's what you're going to want to have ready when you start that calculator. Uh, your pay stubs for all jobs, including your spouse's pay stub, if you have a working spouse, any other income information, side jobs and self-employment investments, your most recent tax return, and then the number of dependents that you expect to claim. And when you put all of the, that into the calculator, it will tell you how many withholdings you want to claim. And if you need to make a change, you can ask for a W-4 form or print one out yourself and give that to your HR department. They should have it. Uh, But if not, irs.gov is where you could download it. And then um, you would just turn that in so they would adjust that withholding to ensure that perhaps if you're taking out too much, we can ratchet that back down, but do it with some rationale. And that's where these calculators come into play. Does that make sense? 
That makes perfect sense. Thank you very much. Okay. I just wasn't sure how to do that. So, All right. Very good. Well, listen, all the best to you. Thanks for calling the program today. Uh, let's head to Florida. Charles, you're next on the uh, program. How can we help? I uh, have a brother that lives in Pennsylvania. I live here in Florida. And ever since my dad passed away back in the year 2019, my brother that lives in Pennsylvania has been telling me off and on that I should put all my assets that I have into a trust. And he claims in that way, if all my assets is in, is in a trust, I can get extra help should I need help, like when it comes to medical issues, like I am diabetic. And and anyways, uh, I, I just would like to get your opinion on what if you think I should uh, do as what my brother tells me to, or if I should just go on with as is, or if there's anything alternative I can do, like yes. maybe like beneficiary or, or TOT, T-O-D, I think transfer on to death. I think that's what it is. I'm just yes. like, I just like to find out what you think I should do. Yeah, I appreciate that question, Charles. And uh, to the TOD uh, question, absolutely, you can place a transfer on death on any of your investment uh, or other accounts. You can even do a transfer on death deed for your home. That will just ensure the expediency of the transfer after your death, and it will bypass the probate process, which is what the trust will also do with assets that are titled in the name of the trust. Perhaps, though, what your brother was getting at was one of the advantages of a living trust is that in the event that you become become incapacitated and can't manage the trust's assets yourself, your successor trustee will manage them on your behalf. And that can, of course, occur or would occur in the case of incapacitation prior to your death, whereas your will, your basic uh, last will and testament, only goes into effect and instructs the probate court at death. Uh, so the, the trust can go into effect prior to that if you're incapacitated. That would be one of the reasons to have it. A second would be for the distribution of your assets to occur smoothly, quickly, privately, because it's not a part of the public record and without court costs. And it just ensures that you go outside of the probate process. Um, it keeps your estate private. It can protect your estate from uh, certain creditors and legal challenges. Um, but ultimately, its primary use is to allow that successor trustee to step in and manage uh, your assets on your behalf, either prior to your death or after your death, if you wanted to distribute perhaps not everything automatically at death, but you had lifelong dependents or minors, that you wanted certain triggering events to occur after your death, perhaps even down the road, that would allow the distribution of your estate over time. That's, again, where uh, a trust can come into effect. If none of those really apply and you just need a, you know, a, a living will to, you know, dictate your end-of-life wishes, a healthcare surrogate for somebody to make decisions related to your health care if, if you're incapacitated, uh, durable power of attorney. So someone like your brother could, you know, make financial tra transactions on your behalf 
stuff if you're unable to. Those things could be done with just a basic will. But if you feel like a trust would give you a bit more control and you need some of that for any of the reasons I mentioned, that's where it can be helpful. It's going to run you $1,500, $2,000 instead of three to $500 for a will. So I'd probably sit with a godly estate planning attorney, Charles, just to talk through this and see if it's necessary. If not, a will should serve you just fine. Thanks for your call, and we'll be right back. If you enjoy this radio program, you're going to love all of the many different resources waiting for you at faithfi.com. You'll find more powerful wisdom, podcasts, articles, videos, and more from partners like the National Christian Foundation, Sound Mind Investing, and Christian Healthcare Ministries. Connect with the community of thousands of Christians striving to be good and faithful stewards and check out all of the free biblical financial advice at faithfi.com. If the heavy burden of debt is robbing you of freedom and peace of mind, Christian credit counselors can help. We're a nationwide nonprofit credit counseling organization that has helped over 300,000 individuals in the last 27 years get out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring that debt in full. To learn how Christian credit counselors can help you, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org or call 800-557-1985. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. And what's on your mind today? We'd love to hear from you. 800-525-7000. By the way, if you get a busy signal, perhaps you can try back in just a bit. Back to the phones. We have a full lineup of questions today to Sandusky, Ohio. Tim, you're next on the program, sir. Go ahead. Hi, Rob. Yeah, you talked about doing the online banks for CDs that they had better rates. And I I looked into that last night and did find that, indeed, they were like up to 4.6%. And I called my my hometown bank and asked them, why such a disparity? Because their rates, they couldn't offer anything near that. And they said, well, it's just because it's a big bank. And I just wanted to make sure before I put a chunk of change in one of those online banks that there's no gimmicks or anything I need to be worried about. No, I I wouldn't. Uh, However, I think it's always good to go with one of the online banks that has a little more staying power just in terms of the size of the institution and how long they've been around. The primary reason, Tim, that they're able to do this is just because they don't have all of the overhead. They don't have the brick and mortar operations. They have much smaller staff because they're just, uh, you know, transacting business online and they have a much smaller support staff um, because most of the interactions are electronic, uh, you know, more so than even over the phone. And, you know, when you don't have to lease or own a lot of those big buildings that all have to be staffed, you can pass that along in the form of no fees and much higher interest rates. Um, but I would use the ratings that are provided at like bankrate.com. That would be a great place for you to go. You'd click on uh, the banking product you're looking for. In this case, it'd be CDs. And then you can refine your search by, you know, the 
number of months you're looking for, a one-year CD, an 18-month CD. I probably wouldn't go much further than that because you should be able to roll it over to higher rates when those come due. And interestingly, you're going to get the same yield on a five-year today as you will 18 months. Um, but I would look at those ratings because here's the reality. If your account was ever compromised, if you had something in you know savings and somebody turned in a fraudulent check and you know was able to take something out. I mean, you want a reputable institution who's going to quickly resolve the matter and you know advocate to, for you and and get you uh, made whole quickly. And you know, I think a lot of that has to do with just the strength of the institution. So, um, but you know, if you choose something that has maybe four stars, four or five stars or better, uh, you should absolutely be able to take advantage of a twelve month CD right now at about four and a quarter, and a fifteen or eighteen month at about 4.5, even 4.6. Um, so I wouldn't have any problem with that. And it's not a gimmick. I mean, this is, uh, these are the real rates and they're able to do it for the reasons I mentioned. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Again, bankrate.com or nerdwallet.com would be two great resources for you to evaluate who has the best rate programs right now for CDs, but also who's a highly rated uh, institution. Now, with regard to the failure of the institution, not just the service, but the failure, as long as it has FDIC insurance, then you have the backing of the U.S. government to make you whole if for some reason that particular institution were to go under. So uh, that gives you some peace of mind there. Appreciate your call today, sir. Uh, to Michigan, Hey, Joel, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Thank you, Rob. I just wanted to give our Sovereign Father praise for his faithfulness to us. Um, I never really made a whole lot of money. Um, I retired four years ago, and that was the first time I even made $60,000 a year. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, two retirement accounts. We've got a, a SEP through Schwab, and I have a Roth through Vanguard. And I just wanted to say, um, being out of debt, we've been able to do so much. Um, just give a couple examples here. In 2021, the market did really good. And we lived on $45,000 a year for us, but we were able to give away over 120000 to ministry to the Lord's wow. work because of his faithfulness to us, which is like about 73% of our budget. And last wow. year, even though uh, the market didn't do as well, we lived at 46000 but we were able to give away 44000 And God's just been so good to us. I mean, when you're out of debt, you can do a lot of things that uh, we couldn't have if we were in debt. And uh, I didn't even start putting away for retirement <clears throat> until I was in my early 40s because I really felt the Lord would be back before then. But I was wrong, like I usually am. And uh, so start putting away for retirement. So uh, oh, God's wow. just been so good. We just want to praise him for his, his goodness to us. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you, Joel. Man, I, just hearing your testimony, the joy in your voice, the excitement of what God's allowed you to do, and your ability to participate with Him in this significant giving is just so contagious. And I'm confident you've encouraged a lot of folks that are listening today. I have a couple of questions for you that I'd love for you just to uh, reflect on. Number one is, did you ever imagine 10 or 20 or 30 years ago that you'd be able to give away this kind of money? No, no. <laughs> I was holding on to it as tight as I could. I mean, uh, we went through that, that little blue and white book back in the 1980s with Larry Burkett as far as mm. getting out of debt, because I never thought, yeah. I thought when I retire, I might actually get my house paid off, but we got paid off when I was only 36. Wow. So that wow. Was, that Incredible. That was the start of great things. 
Yeah, well, I can imagine. I mean, what, I think one of the common denominators, other than you just recognizing that this provision is from the Lord and that you want to be a good steward because he owns everything, apart from that, it sounds like what was key here is that you all have limited your lifestyle. As your income has grown, you've capped your living expenses and your ability to live modestly and continue at that level, even as God provides more, has allowed you to accelerate your debt payoff beyond what you could have ever imagined and then to give lavishly well beyond what you could have ever imagined. Uh, talk about just that piece of it and, and how you decided where you should cap your lifestyle and how that has played into this. I think being able to go to foreign cultures, and I won't say which countries we've been to, we've been into yeah. uh, several, but um, seeing people that have nothing. Yeah. And when we come back to our country and see how much we have, it's like, my goodness, I have so much. I, I feel almost guilty of what I have because of what people don't have. So um, we just feel that we're comfortable with what we have. I mean, we look at our yeah. neighbors that have a whole lot more than us. I mean, there was a house yeah. just built down the road from us, 14,000 square feet. It's like, yeah. and it's, a, it's a cottage. It's like, you got to be yeah. kidding me. <laughs> wow, Joel. Well, thank you for calling. Thank you for your testimony. Thank for your thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. God bless you, my friend. And that's going to do it for us today. I really appreciate your taking time to listen to this program and to committing the principles we talk about each time to your financial life. You see, God's plan isn't difficult, but it does take discipline, and I hope we can encourage you along the way as you listen to this program. Incidentally, if you've been helped by what you've heard here, would you mind helping us? This broadcast, the FaithFi app, and the other great resources we provide wouldn't be possible without the financial support we receive from listeners like you. We offer a lot of our resources for free and even have a free version of the FaithFi app, and that's only possible because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. And then click the Give button to sign up. We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set an alarm on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next edition with an all-new name of Faith and Finance. See you then. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.